0: Hey, Vanessa.
1: Hey, Michael.
0: What do you call a fish that's missing an eye? Really? What?
1: You've told this joke like 40 times in the last three days. I love this joke.
0: You're done laughing?
1: Yes.
2: Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duo with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The
0: standard deviation, I mean, I would talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the the beta, the alpha, the standard
2: deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in.
1: Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event.
2: This philosophy has led Michael to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by A.M. Best to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome, everyone, to another episode
0: of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: So today, we've got a good show. Well, hopefully it's a good show. I'm a little biased. I think it's a good show.
1: (laughs) It's been a while, so...
0: And, well, I want to talk about going backwards, how hard that is for people.
1: In regards to anything.
0: Well, I mean, maybe not jogging. Oh, I don't know. Jogging backwards is arguably harder than jogging forward. Right. How about driving? Is driving in reverse more difficult? Yes. How about drawing backwards?
1: Drawing? Yeah, or writing. I mean, I would go with writing, yes. I'm not sure how you draw backwards.
0: Uh... Well, I remember in art class, remember when they'd give you, like, it was all blacked out, the styrofoam, and then you took the the acto knife and you, you poked away to get the white? That's kind of drawing backwards. Sure. Anyway, going backwards is really difficult. Yes. So I'm going to use this from, and it's just, my, my background is as a behavioral advisor. And one of the things that I think of is, like, cable TV, mm-hmm. Comcast or whatever. It doesn't have to be Comcast. But people say well you know they, they lure you in with the gold plan right cuz they're going to give you the gold plan at 50% off right and in it's an introductory price and it's 6 months you know that that introductory price goes away right and how do people how do people rationalize it like why why do they take that extra package
1: well because it's cheaper than what it would be so I might as well just do it now
0: yeah it's a good deal yeah And don't we all kind of lie to ourselves? I don't think we think we're lying to ourselves.
1: No, we all tell ourselves after six months, we'll cancel it and it'll be fine. And nobody cancels it.
0: And we've, a lot of people put that up to like just being lazy, right? I get get in the middle of life or life happens. That's why it doesn't happen. Right. Behavioral psychologists. So the behavioral sciences have actually argued a different point. What is that? The point is, it's hard to go backwards. I thought you were going to get that. That's the whole title of the show.
1: Okay. Well, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But think about it, right?
0: You get the gold package with cable. Mm -hmm. And you've got 300
1: channels. Channels.
0: You only watch 15 of them, if that. Right. But there's a part of you that feels like a bit of a failure if you go back to silver. Right. Because once we have something, we value it more. Correct. Think of... Like, if somebody's got, I'm bad at this. If I've got a classic car, and we've yep. got a few of them, once we own it and I start to have memories in it, it's more valuable to me than it is to somebody buying it.
1: Correct. But am I
0: unique in that example? No. I mean, I remember reading years ago, it was in one of the behavioral economic books. I think it was by Richard Thaler, but it doesn't matter. Actually, if you ever want to read up on behavioral economics, there's a great book. It's uh, by Richard Thaler called Misbehaving. Mm -hmm. Um, But he talked about... He was a professor at the University of Chicago, and so they started messing with some of their students. And one of the ways they messed with them is they gave them a coffee mug with the... Like a university coffee mug. Okay. And it still had the sticker on the bottom of what it cost. Okay, But when you tried to buy those and they didn't give it to all the students. It was randomly given out. So it was almost like a prize. Right. And you could go to the student store and go buy them at that price. So it's not like it was a unique item. Right. But the moment you tried to buy it from those students at the price that it says on the bottom, at the price they could go to the student store and buy them at, most of the students overwhelmingly wanted a higher price.
1: Correct. Well, because why not?
0: Well, the theory behind it is that once we have something, we want it.
1: Well, right. And if they were given it them, if it was given to them for free, Mm -hmm. why not try and sell it for more if somebody really wants it?
0: Because you can go right. I I know,
1: but people are flawed. Correct. Well, and that's part of the, that's
0: really the, the founding principles of behavioral finances because traditional finances premised with this idea that markets are efficient and investors are rational. Right. And it's arrogant for me to say this, and I don't mean it to be arrogant, but I think part of where behavioral finance lost a decade is they argued about are investors actually rational? Right. They said no, they're irrational, or they're highly rational. They're mostly rational,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: it's sometimes irrational. Right. The alternative that I came up with year, you know, a few years ago, and I've debated this with some various college professors, uh, one at Grand Valley, is this: if well, actually, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you guys this story on how we can prove that it's impossible, impossible for investors to actually be rational and seek to optimize their returns. There's a major flaw. There's a crack in that foundation. So we'll take a quick break. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality.
1: And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time
0: think again grmusiclessons.com has a plan for every budget owned and operated by tom buffum a christian music teacher who played for the grand Rapids symphony the Jubile brass choir and graduated from the university of michigan he's been giving lessons since before we were born
1: go to grmusiclessons.com that's grmusiclessons.com michael what? Just because we don't have a car payment doesn't mean that you get to go on eBay and buy whatever you want because it was a good deal.
0: All right. So a lot of our listeners know I probably have a problem when it comes to vehicles. We have old classics, even some new classics. We got UNX Limo. We even have a fire truck. How do you find a place that can do everything? All those different type of vehicles, transmissions, oil changes, Little repairs, big repairs. It's pretty hard. I've been taking all of our cars to Global Auto Works in Grand Haven for at least the last five years.
1: And Mike asks the hard questions that nobody seems to be able to answer, so if he can trust them, so can you. If you're having car trouble, go to Global Auto Works. Their phone number is 616-499-4451. That's 616-499-4451.
0: Say Mike and Vanessa sent you, their number is 616
1: Welcome back to segment two of Fireproof Your Finances. So uh, this conversation or debate you've had with multiple professors now. Yeah. They don't like you, do they? Why would you say that? Because you like to debate with everybody. I do. Half of them are your professors for your grad school.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. First of all, I don't know why you think as well as a lot of people do that it's unheard of or unique that I have caught grading mistakes. And then I go to the teacher's assistant, I think they're called teachers, TAs. Right. And let them know that the answer was wrong.
1: (laughs) Because most people just ignore it, especially when they're already getting an A anyway. That bugs me. Okay.
0: I actually last semester, or two semesters ago, had an entire question that was like worded wrong. And the professor thanked me for letting him know that.
1: Hmm. Interesting. And and he was a nice,
0: it, I, actually, a lot of people were probably going, oh, I'm sure you thanked you, Mike. No, it, he was a cool guy. Um, and he wasn't, a, so he was, what was it? It was a new part of economics that I actually not heard of. It wasn't behavioral economics. Oh, man. Humanistic economics. Okay. It's basically the premise of, uh, I'm taking like a whole semester and wrapping it up into a sentence. It's what good is additional wealth if your quality of life goes down?
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: So economic choice should be geared to influence a better quality of life, not higher wealth if higher wealth isn't transferring to, translating to higher quality. Right. Interesting. So anyways, this discussion. So, So traditional finance is based on people are, ra- investors are rational. Yep. And they seek to optimize their returns. Correct. Here's a real simple way of explaining that. As you take more risk, you get more return. Mm-hmm. Now people- Which is not true, but- We understand that. Well, and it's definitely not cause and effect. It's not, I take more risk today and I get more return tomorrow. Right. Uh, over time, it's, that's generally true. Over time, you know, our oldest plays basketball. If he's not a good free throw shooter, over time, if he- practices more, he'll he'll get get better. better. But here's the flaw in this. So I'm holding a pen right now. Okay. In between us. I know you guys can't see this, but I want everyone, you know, just look at some item. If you're driving, don't do this, but everybody else look at something. And I want you to imagine that that is a stock. It's something you could buy. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I want you to imagine whatever age you're in. If you're real close to retirement, then I want you to think of somebody, well, our age. And if you're our age, I want you to think of somebody real close to retirement. So that thing you can buy—it's a stock, okay, or it can be a bond. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's publicly traded, which in this example we're going to say it is, because we're when we say investors are rational, we're talking about public markets, right? The markets are efficient—that's what they say, right? Okay. Um, so if you can buy it, I can buy it.
1: Not necessarily true, but Wire. sure.
0: We're, we both got money to invest.
1: Okay. Yeah. So if you can buy
0: Tesla stock, I can buy Tesla stock. If you can buy this pen, I can buy this pen. Okay. It's publicly traded. But if you're close to retirement and I'm not, Mm -hmm. if it loses, any loss is more impactful to you because you're about to use it. Correct. So sometimes people make the mistake and they go, well, I get more conservative as I get close to retirement. That's irrelevant. I'm saying if it loses 40% or if it loses 4%, that loss is more impactful to somebody who's got you know, a few weeks left to retirement Correct. or months or even years than somebody who's got a few decades, hopefully, you know, God right. willing, like yeah. ourselves.
1: So- I don't know. I'd like to retire in less than a few decades. Let, but. <laughs> let's, let's not
0: get lost here. Remember, what is the first basic premise of investors? They're rational and they seek to optimize their returns. Right. Optimizing a return means as you take more risk, you get more return. Mm-hmm. Newsflash, we just agreed that- any loss to somebody right before retirement
1: is going to hurt more hurts more yeah. it's
0: more risky now i've had talking about the debate one of the professors said mike i'm not convinced that 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 time horizon being closer to retirement okay is actually a factor of risk it was a good point except for and i had to think about this for a while mm-hmm. except for when when we take risk tolerance questionnaires. Okay. As an industry. Yep. You know what one of the questions on that questionnaire always is?
1: How close to retirement are you?
0: And how much are you going to depend on this money? In other words, how long till you're going to start using it and how fast are you going to use it? Right. In other words, and the and when you pick a shorter time frame, it gives a numerical score that tells us we should be less risky with you. Okay. There, we should take. We should be more conservative, right. meaning that's a factor of risk. It's already proven. Right. So, investors are rational. They're going to optimize returns, mm-hmm. which means as they take more risk, they get more return. Yep. As you get older, the same thing you can buy, I can buy. If you're close to retirement and I'm not, you're fundamentally taking more risk with that investment than I am. Right. Do you get any more return?
1: Not necessarily.
0: You and I can both buy it. This is where it gets fun. This is where they argued with, with me. And they said, aha, Mike, this was the first retort. And I'll tell you what, I lost this argument for probably six months.
1: How much did that bug you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> A lot. Those are These are the things when you see me get up at like 5.30 and I'm up, it's because something like this is in my craw.
1: Right. I'm well aware. And then you sit on your phone for the next hour before my alarm goes off. Click, 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 click,
0: click. Well, you're lucky it's a BlackBerry because it's silent. It's, it's just, not, it's though. My Your little hands, fingers click. I know, because it's got actual keys. Right. But investors are rational they seek to optimize the return. Optimizing return means as you take more risk, you get more return. We just agreed as you get closer to retirement, you're taking more risk for the exact same return. Right. Aha. Wait a minute. That's what they argued. They said, wait a minute, Mike. There, what, what if there's something inside of you What if there's something inside of that investor that tells them they're taking more risk? So instead of buying that bottle, you know, that stock at X price, they'll wait till it's, we'll call it X minus. So their risk reward equilibrium is back in balance or pendulum is back in equilibrium.
1: Why? Because they bought it at a smaller amount.
0: Right. Right. They bought it at a lower price. So you bought it at a lower price. So if I buy it at 12 bucks and you buy it at nine bucks, okay, and it loses, and it goes from 12 to three, or it loses three, so it loses 25%. Right. I'm back down to nine. You're still break even because you bought it at nine. Right. So you, you just have a, you know, and, and you're getting more return then because once it goes back to, if it goes back to 13, as an example, you just got about a 50% return. Right. Whereas I only got about a 8% return.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So your the risk reward pendulum is back in equilibrium. Mm-hmm. And that stuck me. That stumped me for a good 6 months. Okay? Let's take our last break when we come back I'm going to share with you cuz this and it's important. You might be listening to this going, "What is it, what are they talking about? Equilibriums and pendulums?" I'm telling you, it's a fundamental flaw in traditional finance. And why is that important? Almost all advisors, myself included, at least initially, we were all trained and all the premise, all the tools we use are cemented in what? Traditional finance. Right. let a last break. We'll be right back. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality.
1: And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think
0: again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons
2: since before we were born.
1: Go to GRMusicLessons.com. That's GRMusicLessons.com.
2: United Airlines makes it easy to fly from Muskegon County Airport with a travel friendly schedule and competitive airfares. Haven't flown from Muskegon in a while? Fly locally with a short commute and parking located just steps from the terminal. Check-in and security lines are never more than 50 passengers per flight. At the end of your trip, get your bags quickly and be home in no time. Flights depart daily at 6.30 a.m. and 1. p.m. Starting mid-February, the evening flight arrives at 11.20 p.m. to maximize return flight options from most locations. It pays to check Muskegon first at united.com welcome
0: back everyone to the final segment of fireproof your finances it's always a pleasure goes by too fast yeah but thanks for being with us today we're talking about behavioral finance we're talking about going backwards and we've kind of gotten off a little bit but it's okay because we're talking about our investors, I said, you know, behavioral finance kind of lost a decade because they argued about our investors rational or irrational. It doesn't matter. Here's where we can show the flaw in traditional finance, how it it breaks. Right. As you take more risk, you should get more reward. You get close to retirement, you're taking more risk. Mm-hmm. And then what they came up with, the argument I got back was, well, Mike, there's an invisible force that's going to encourage somebody to wait till they can buy it at a, at a cheaper price. There's two problems with that.
1: Just it might not get cheaper
0: easy. Look at
1: that. Boom. (laughs) It might not get cheaper or it gets cheaper and you go, I can wait a little longer. Mm -hmm.
0: The second flaw with that is, and I'm going to make fun of millennials. It's okay. It's It's self-deprecating. We are unfortunately millennials, even the millennial generation as stupid as we can be. Is there any generation that you can think of that doesn't want to get the very best price or the lowest price for an investment who doesn't want the most return?
1: No, there's not Is there a single any that generation. Go, eh,
0: I bought Apple, but if I'd waited a day, I could have paid more for it. That would have been cool.
1: Yeah, nobody does that. Uh-uh. So if you, as
0: somebody close to retirement, has some secret voice, you got this little Geppetto inside.
1: Technically, yeah, it's Jiminy Cricket. Your little conscience?
0: Yeah, the little cricket from Pinocchio.
1: Yes, it's Jiminy Cricket.
0: Well, who's Geppetto?
1: The puppet maker. Okay.
0: All right. You know what?
1: You need to watch that movie again.
0: <laughs> I remember they were in a whale for a while. Yes, they were. But if you've got your little Jimmity Cricket telling you to wait and buy it when it gets cheaper, if you've got that as somebody close to retirement, why don't I have it? I mean, why you wouldn't you? Why wouldn't every generation have that? Well, they should. If it actually existed. Right. And the only argument you can make is, well, as we get older, we become better investors. I no. haven't I haven't seen any data to support that in fact because I work with a lot of people in retirement and near retirement I have to go through special continuing education and training right to protect seniors correct and and elder they'll say elderly people so there's little data to suggest that we become better investors in fact we right. maybe become more susceptible to to you know wrong information yeah. And what happens every couple years when Warren Buffett doesn't do well? What do people say? He's too old. He's lost it. He needs to retire. And then, like a year later, he beats everyone's pants. And then they're like,
1: "Oh, Warren's back!" But <laughs> he took his meds. So there's the flaw,
0: though. Okay.
1: Well, I mean, you look at it with anything. I'm sorry. I don't. I'm not a better doctor because I got older. I studied to be a doctor.
0: You could no. say that to some degree, right? You have more experience.
1: I do have more experience, but that doesn't mean I should be doing open heart surgery.
0: Well, but you may also not be as knowledgeable on newer medicine and practices and and ideas. Right. So as we get older, as we get closer, let me say that better. As we get closer to using our money, it's inherently the same investment, inherently more risky. Right. Yet we cannot, there's no invisible force that's going to influence you to buy it at a better price to put your risk reward back, pendulum back into equilibrium. Right. Therefore, as you get closer to using your money, you're getting less return per unit of risk. Mm -hmm. Remember, rational investors seek to optimize the return. Optimization means as you take more risk, you get more return.
1: And what did we just do? Proved that false. (laughs) And I'm sure you were really, really excited to do that. I love that. I love
0: when people come into our our office. We're, we haven't been doing workshops in a while because of COVID and different things. And so the last couple of years, it's been almost all really all of our new clients have all been referrals. Right. And this is one of the things I love doing. I, I first time I meet somebody, I always go over this. Now it's it's I think it's easier in person because I use chocolates and the moment you use chocolates you get right. people's attention. Yes. <laughs> they get to keep the chocolate then.
1: <laughs> of course they do, and that makes the wife happy.
0: But we don't have to argue are investors rational or ir- irrational. I do agree that they're they're mostly rational. Right. But that's where the the industry really fought for a good 10-15 years. Instead, here's your flaw. It's built on the premise as you take more risk, you'll get more return. You can't. Right. You know, when you compare it to your younger self or you compare it to somebody who's not as close to retirement. So there's your your basic flaw in what a lot of what we've built in finance is built around.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, you look at it this way. So we say the markets are efficient. There's a term for that. They call it E- Mh, efficient market, and the H stands for hypothesis. Okay. You know that's been around now for like seventy years. I've
1: never heard of it before,
0: but yeah, it's all right. Do you remember science though? When you had to make a, you know, here's my experiment. And I'm gonna have here's my hypothesis of what it's gonna happen. Correct. And you either proved it right or wrong.
1: Right. Why doesn't
0: anyone else see a problem?
1: With that having a hypothesis for the market?
0: For 70 years that we still can't prove right. Right. I will tell you markets are not efficient. They're mostly efficient. But there's huge anomalies. There's like pro-
1: the Great Depression.
0: Yeah. So efficient markets say, th- they, what they what they take away from something like that is they just say it wasn't a bubble that popped. Because uh, there's no such thing as a bubble but you can have downturns in efficient markets. But let's, we got like two more minutes, maybe three. Let's go back to the going backward because this is on the behavioral finance Mm -hmm. thread. When it's just really, you know, I want you people to think of a few things. Number one, how do you avoid some financial mistakes? I would argue it's don't get yourself into a bunch of these little things. Like don't buy the gold package. Right. I'm okay going somebody going out and spending on a big ticket item cuz you're you're not going to buy that thing every every year every month. Right. But these $100 and $200 packages that you get used to, mm-hmm. it's hard to take them back off. Right. So going backwards is hard. I even look at downsizing. Why do people stay in a house that's way too big for too long?
1: Because it used to represent something. It's hard to go backwards. Yeah.
0: And we attach part of our identity to having all that space. Mm-hmm. What are people going to think? Right? I mean, we just so we bought a foreclosure about 8 years ago. Big house. Big. Over 5,000 square feet. Needed two furnaces, and I'm not saying that to brag. We my mom moved in. It was a perfect setup for a while. Um I'm thankful and grateful we had it during COVID. Yep. But we just moved to a house a third of the size. Still a good size house. Yeah. But I did even though I knew that that emotion was influencing me the very first day where we got the keys and, and we were moving boxes, I almost had like a... Not a breakdown, but there was like a minute going, oh, no. Yep. Because this how And it wasn't that I didn't think we could fit in it. And I'm almost embarrassed to admit it this way, but it, there was a little bit of, how is this going to look? Yeah. You know?
1: Well, and it needs some work, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason we bought it, so we can make it our own. Right. But, I mean still get hives every time I walk into the kitchen (laughs) because I had a really nice kitchen.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I don't know that that's in line with what I'm thinking right now, right?
1: No, it's just you drive up to it and it does not have the presence our old house did.
0: And I'm okay with that. Yeah. But there was a minute where I wasn't. Correct. Because it's still hard. You know, I know a lot of people, because I work with a lot of people where they're about to retire and kids have moved out of the house and they go out to eat a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and getting rid of that feels like a failure a little bit to people right because you get and you and by the way you also get used to a certain level so if you get used to going to Olive Garden suddenly like applebees no I'm not picking on applebees I think it's a tier lower it's suddenly like a failure not to be able to continue it
1: right see I see this in cars
0: I would argue that's why leasing is so popular
1: because you constantly have a new car mm-hmm
0: and you get used to it. Mm-hmm. And suddenly when you haven't have had anything older than three years old and more than 40,000 miles, suddenly having a car with 60,000 miles, it's,
1: ooh. Depressing. Yeah.
0: It's natural. So that's really, I think that's about all the time we have for today. Uh, I just want to thank everyone for joining us. We truly appreciate it. It's always our pleasure. Um, remember, if you've got any questions... You want to, you know, you want us to answer something. The easiest way, where am I going with this? Twitter. Go to Twitter. Join. Hey, and you can, you can not only tweet us at Twitter, fireproof show. Oh my gosh, tweet
1: us at Twitter. (laughs) Is
0: is that not the way you say it?
1: Yeah, sure.
0: So not only can you tweet us on Twitter, but you can join. You can be part of the herd. You can be part of the group, the family, the Twitter sphere. What are we up to now? Like almost 15,000?
1: Sure, I haven't looked at it in a couple days.
0: And unless you haven't seen it, if you haven't been on Twitter, which I agree, I'm not a big fan, but I want to shout out to all the Nambians out there. Am I? Saying, is it Namibia? Nam Namibia. There it is. We've been like a top fifty there for quite.
1: In we Namibia. Number,
0: yeah, we were number one for how long? Oh my gosh. Anyway, anyway. thank you everyone. We we love your support. We're so thankful for for you guys. Um, until next week, we are your hosts. This has been another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. God bless.
2: This has been Fireproof Your Finances with Michael and Vanessa Marquis. Want to listen to past shows or get in touch with Michael or Vanessa? Head over to twitter.com fireproofshow The ups and downs of the stock market can be exciting, but not if you're near or in retirement. Predictable returns may not be exciting, but your needs tend to change later in life. When you are ready for a relatively more predictable financial plan, call Legacy Financial Network. We focus on crafting effective financial strategies. You can get your adrenaline rush elsewhere. Give our office a call at 855-LF-NETWORK or visit us at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com.